Welcome to The Wag, presented by Sportflix, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. Welcome to The Waggle Podcast, brought to you once again by us here at the CFL, CFL.ca, and our friends at Sport Clips. Every Waggle Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips, and they are known for their Sport Clips MVP haircut experience, which includes shampoos for that scalp of yours, a hot steam towel for your beautiful face, and sports on TV, sports like hockey, baseball, basketball, oh, and that's right, football, and the legendary haircuts. It's good to be a guy. It is very good to be a Sport Clips guy. And it is good to be talking some football. No, we can't watch any football, but that cannot stop us from talking about it. And around this time of year, we're usually talking about Mark's Labor Day weekend. What that means to the players, to the coaches, to the administrators. But most importantly, what it means to you, the fans. Because the fans actually make that game special and unique. The fans bring the tradition to the game, bring the energy to the game. And so I want to talk to three titans in the game, calling those games, bringing the stories to you, the fans, to get their perspective. They live in the communities. They understand what it means. We, we, we know that, obviously, the game means a lot to our players, but I really want to know what it means to the local communities. And so we're going to have a Labor Day Classic episode, especially for you, the fans. When you talk about the Labor Day Classic in my neck of the woods, in the GTA in Toronto, the QEW rivalry between the Argos and the Tiger Cats, Rick Samprin is the man that you need. And so we're getting him on the line. He does a great job calling this sport for AM 900 CHML Global News Radio and his talk radio show breaking down what happens after the games for Tiger Cat fans is just as exciting and entertaining as the actual games themselves. Then we're going to go out west. We're going to talk to Mark Steven, who's the sports director at CHQR Radio. You can find him on Twitter at at Mark on Football because he's the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Stampeders, part of the longest-serving broadcast tandem in CFL history, which makes him a member of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in the media division. He is a walking piece of Canadian football history. So we want to talk to him about the game specifically between the Stamps and their in-provincial rivals, the Edmonton Football Club. And obviously we have to talk about the defending champs and their heated rivalry, so much so that it's not just one game, it's a return match where the Banjo Bowl is as hotly contested as the Labor Day Classic is. Bob Irving knows both sides of that rivalry. He does a great job as the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And on Twitter, he is Bob Irving, CJOB. Three lovers of the game of football with amazing voices, amazing stories to tell next on The Waggle. And on The Waggle, we are pleased to be joined by Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, and Bob, before we, we get into um, you know my favorite game outside of the Grey Cup every year, uh, the Labor Day game, uh, let's just talk about that and the fact that you're the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a voice that people are yearning to hear right now and aren't. What has this period been like for you personally, You know, not being part of that normal cadence of, of you know, calling games throughout the summer? 
Yeah, it's been really strange and weird. I think those are the words that best describe it. I started covering the Blue Bombers back in 1973. So I've been doing this for a long time. And this is the first summer, basically, in my working career at CJOB Radio that I've had a summer off because the CFL, as you know, is played in the summer every year. And so I've been working every summer covering bomber games until now. So it's been very, very different. Uh, I have to confess it's been quite enjoyable to have more free time in the summer to play golf and spend some time at our cottage. But, of course, uh, I miss doing the games. I miss the Canadian football like so many people do. It's really weird as we look ahead to Labor Day to think that uh, those games aren't going to be played. And so, yeah, it's been it's been very different. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I think that's really, I mean, if it hasn't for many Canadians, when it's really going to hit that there is no CFL season is on Labor Day because that day and that game are synonymous. And really a lot of our rituals on that weekend are tied to the game in our, in our respective provinces and cities for you. Is there a Labor Day classic memory above all else that, that stands out? Well, you know, I get asked that quite a bit because I've, covered so many Labor Day games, uh, you know, into the 40s now. And it's hard for me to pick out one game, but I guess my favorite memory of the Labor Day games, Winnipeg at Saskatchewan, is just the atmosphere surrounding the game every year. Uh, I don't like to fly, so I usually drive to Regina, which is about a five-hour flight from or drive rather from Winnipeg and the first thing you notice as you're heading down the highway and I usually leave Friday for the Sunday game is the bombers have set up these little merchandise shops along the highway for fans who are going from Winnipeg to Regina for the game and then you get there and of course everybody's wearing green all the people who live in Regina there are Saskatchewan fans in the restaurants and they've got their rider jerseys on uh, now, the the Bomber fans start rolling in on Saturday, so you see a little, see a little blue and gold here and there. Uh, back in the 80s and early 90s, there would be as many as three or 4,000 Bomber fans who would make the trek down to Regina for the game. And that's dropped off a bit in recent years, partly because tickets are so hard to get for that game. Uh, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would rather sell them to people in Saskatchewan than people from Winnipeg. But then the atmosphere surrounding the game, you know, the, the noise level... Uh, you know, the rivalry that dates back to the 1940s when they first started playing this game, and there were years where it wasn't played, but basically since the early 70s, it's been an annual tradition between these two teams. So I guess just the the whole uh, atmosphere surrounding the game is what stands out for me, and it's what I'll miss most uh, when we don't have it this year. Yeah, no question. The thing I love (laughs) about this game is, I guess I shouldn't say I love the bad blood on the field, but I kind of do. I love the fact that the games, you know, are physical and at times get chippy. And the thing that stands out for me is when you look at the, the football calendar, the Labor Day game, it, it's a turning of the page in the season in that sometimes there are NFL cuts that are working their way onto CFL rosters around that time. And even guys who have been with their respective teams for weeks, maybe sometimes days, they get into that Labor Day game, and already they have a rivalry with a team they don't really have a long history against and association with. Is is that tangible, the, the amount of, of angst and, and competitiveness that you see specifically on the Labor Day games? 
Oh, there's no doubt about it. I I think what you're referencing is something I've noticed many, many times over the years, and that's a player who's maybe been in Winnipeg or Saskatchewan for a short period of time, even a year. If you ask them about the Labor Day weekend game, what have you heard about it? And they immediately will tell you, oh, yeah, uh, we know what this is all about. This is this intense rivalry, this provincial rivalry between Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So even the newest players know full well what the Labor Day weekend means and how much it means to the fans of both the teams. And I think, you know, the players can feel that. I know they can because they've all said that to me over the years, and that just adds something special to it. And the Bombers and Riders play uh, other times other than Labor Day weekend. And so that, I mean, that rivalry is still intense there, but it just ramps up on Labor Day weekend. You can see it and you can feel it. You mentioned it's not just the rival between two teams or two franchises, it's, it's two provinces. Yeah. Uh, what is that heightened awareness and attention and, and media scrutiny like around that week in that game? Well, it starts on, I think, the Monday of the of the Labor Day uh, weekend, and, and it carries on through the week. And, you know, I guess in the media we – always hope that uh, a player or coach from one of the teams will say something that gets the other side a little bit riled up and just adds to the whole thing. But we all start looking forward to it, and the players do too, uh, as they go through the practice week leading up to the Labor Day game. And so there's no other week like it during the regular season uh, here in Winnipeg or in Saskatchewan. And then, of course, you got the rematch the week after in Winnipeg. But the Labor Day game itself you know, the hype starts to build and, uh, you know, the the stories, there's more stories in the newspapers and we, I think we talk a little bit more about it on the radio because it is the quote unquote classic. It's just a special weekend uh, in our country for Canadian football and, you know, you can feel it everywhere you go during that week. And then, of course, there's the big explosion on the Sunday when the game is played. And I know for me, uh, I jump in my car after the, the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game on Labor Day Sunday and and drive home that same night so I can catch the Hamilton-Toronto and Calgary-Edmonton games on Monday. It's just, uh, for us football fanatics, it's a beautiful weekend. Well, you're obviously biased to, to the game that you're tied to, but if if you had to choose another, is there another rivalry Labor Day game in the country that comes close to it, that, that has the same level of, of animosity and intrigue? Well, I would think uh, the Alberta game is, is the one that's, I know they would argue in Alberta that it's every bit as intense because now you're talking about an interprovincial rivalry. And I, I think uh, Ontario, Toronto and Hamilton is the same, but I don't think it runs as deep. They don't draw as many fans as we all know in Toronto. And so it, and it's a bigger city where, you know, it's it's a little less intimate there, but in certainly in Alberta, when Calgary and Edmonton play in hockey, football, or anything, and I've never lived in either of those cities, but people who do live there tell me that the interprovincial rivalry, it's not just football, it's everything that goes on in Alberta between Calgary and Edmonton is something else. So uh, that one, I know they would say over there, oh, no, this, this is the game that has the, you know, the deepest uh, rivalry and the most animosity, but you'd be hard to convince fans in Winnipeg and Regina that it's any more intense anywhere else than it is here. So I have an idea that I've floated to some people. I want to float it to you to get your perspective. Could you talk about the rivalry between these 
cities or in, in some cases these provinces. And, and you talk about the fact that we're, we're celebrating the game all across the country that weekend and, and often in, in many parts of the country, youth sports football, amateur football is, is starting that weekend. One of my ideas to strengthen the bond between the youth sports game and, and the CFL level is I, I think it would be amazing if before the Labor Day Classic, you had a youth sports undercard, for lack of a better word, with with the same two cities or provinces being represented in that game, in that stadium beforehand. So, you know, you would have the uh, University of Manitoba, um, you know, versus uh, the University of, of Regina um, or, or the University of Saskatchewan. Um, do you think do you think something like that would be of interest to the fans that it would it would almost build the, the rivalry um, and excitement for the game even more so? Oh sure, I think it adds to the weekend. And you know, they started doing that uh, between Winnipeg and Regina a few years ago. The Manitoba Bisons and I, I can't re- recall when it exactly began, but the last number of years. Most of the Friday nights of Labor Day weekend, the Manitoba Bisons have played in Regina against the Rams. At least they've tried to schedule it that way. So that's the kind of thing you're talking about. And I think it certainly adds to it, and it it certainly draws more attention to youth sports as well, you know, which sometimes is overlooked, uh, Donovan, as you well know, I think, by a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, the last number of years, the the Bisons have played the Regina Rams at uh, Taylor Field or Mosaic Stadium now. Uh, on the Friday of the Labor Day weekend, and I think that's a great thing. And I don't know if I don't know if the Golden Bears in Calgary are doing that. I don't think they are, but I, I stand to be corrected on that. But certainly, it's something that has been happening here, and it does add to the weekend for sure. And and lastly, uh, to to finish this up, if you could describe the Labor Day Classic in one word, what would it be? <laughs> oh, let me think. One word. Uh, frenzied how about that the atmosphere is just it's frenzied there and i'll tell you a quick story i just thought about this back in the early 2000s when dave ritchie was the coach of the winnipeg blue bombers there are a lot of distractions for the bombers when they go and stay in regina there's stories about people phoning the hotel rooms you know in the middle of the night and waking the players up and and Dave Ritchie got so bothered by that that he took the team to Moose Jaw, which is about 45 minutes down the highway from Regina. And so there was a period of three or four years where the Bombers stayed at a hotel in Moose Jaw to get away from the frenzy in Regina surrounding the Labor Day weekend game. But uh, when I say frenzied, I mean that in a good way because it's it's all in good spirit. You know, the Bomber and Ryder fans, they don't get into fights and that sort of nonsense. They, you know, they like to kid each other and have fun. But it's it's a just a great celebration of Canadian weekend, or Canadian football, rather, that weekend Regina over the Labor Day game. Well, I'm looking forward to the frenzy again in 2021. And I'm looking to your great calls, your great voice, your great perspective, adding to what is uh, the weekend uh, in the summer for Canadian football. Thank you so much, Bob. You bet. My, my pleasure, Donovan. For the win, from 43, the staff. It's down. Pereira steps into it. Drives it. It's going. It's going. It's got a chance. And it's gone. A 43-yard game-winning field goal. Rene Paredes 
and the Calgary Stampeders in dramatic fashion have won the Liberty Classic. Holy Toledo on a five field goal afternoon by Paredes. No question about that. And the White Horse rides on to the ninth win of the season for the Calgary Stampeders. The final score, Calgary 23, the Edmonton Eskimos 20. And now we are joined by the play-by-play broadcaster for the Calgary Stampeders, part of the longest-serving broadcast tandem in CFL history, which is why he himself is literally CFL history. He's part of our game, part of our Hall of Fame. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for, for doing this. And I give that resume to say that this must be odd because I expect fans expect to hear your voice on Mark's Labor Day Classic weekends. So what has it been like to not be calling games this year? Oh, it's very odd. I mean, there's no question about it. You fall into a, you know, a pattern, a rhythm of routine every week, uh, anticipating a game. And, you know, you do your prep on the upcoming opponent. You follow the Stampeders on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, it's been very, very odd. And it's going to be even odder without a Labor Day game to do. That's kind of a marquee game in the CFL and on the Stampeders calendar. So the whole thing's been very odd, a a little hard to get used to. I won't lie to you. So uh, we'll just have to make the best of it but it's uh, really going to hit home with the labor day classic being scrubbed yeah and i do think for canadians who maybe haven't really realized it yet on labor day that's the day where it's like oh this is this is is odd as you say so many canadians part of their labor day weekend experience is tied to the game and with that void it'll be different the interesting thing for me about the game is where it falls in the calendar. It's around the time you have NFL cuts. You often have a fluid CFL roster with new players who've been with the team for weeks or maybe even days. And even though guys aren't necessarily a part of the rivalry historically, they're new to the league, it doesn't matter. When you're thrown in that game, you automatically hate the other team. Is is it tangible the amount of animosity and and bad blood that you see in this game specifically oh for sure it's a game that uh, you know the players on both sides but i'll only speak for uh, the stampeders they're certainly aware there's much more heightened scrutiny of this game many more people find it uh, sort of the centerpiece of the season because you never know if there's going to be a gray cup game or not so it really is uh, you know and i've ha- heard that from many new players that they say it compares to the heated college rivalries in the NCAA schools they played at so they pick it up fairly quickly that this game is different yes it's one of 18 on the season but it's different and the players certainly learn that in a big hurry I love the fact that you related it to a college game because in a way it's kind of like our version of homecoming right like alumni from the teams often will come into town if, if for no other game but for that one there is a heightened sense of atmosphere and pageantry you mentioned the scrutiny From the media side and the attention around town, what is it like that week? Far different than any other week. There's just uh, so much attention paid on a day-to-day basis, you know, analyzing the lineup changes, just the heightened uh, level of expectation. People that don't normally come to McMahon Stadium are there. Uh, You see news crews that don't normally cover uh, sporting activities. They're there as well, so it certainly is different. You can just tell there's a a different vibe about the game, and it reflects in the amount of coverage and amount of attention that's paid to the game. 
the Stampeders are known not just for their excellence on the field, but with their fan base and, and how loyal they are, whether it's the pancake breakfast, Grey Cup week, or constantly filling the stands no matter the weather. For that game specifically, what is the atmosphere like in McMahon? Well, it's really a charged atmosphere because, number one, it's fixed on the calendar. People can build their weekend or their summers around that. You know they're going to play every day on Labor Day at home, so that's the one thing. Uh, the atmosphere is just uh, celebratory because nobody has anything to worry about. They don't have to go to uh, work uh, you know, or didn't come from work. School and everything is the next day. It's in the afternoon, so you have a chance just to get out there and let her rip, and then the next day you get back back to regular normal life so it's a bit of a celebratory mood and that's reflected in the stands it's always a, a very boisterous crowd generally not every year but generally also it's the first time the Stampeders and the Eskimos will play in a season so it's the first look at the Edmonton Eskimos and there's always a heightened sense of rivalry when they roll into town you mentioned that rivalry it, it's it's not just between two franchises and two fan bases it's really between two cities football aside what is the rivalry like inside that province between the two cities well, it's ongoing. Each compares themselves to the other, and it goes right back to the creation of the province when Edmonton was selected as the capital, which didn't sit too well. That's a long time ago, but it's a long-time grudge. And just the fact that, uh, you know, uh, most provinces don't have two cities of similar size and influence. Alberta has the two, and it's, uh, you know, goes on through hockey and all different sports, uh, whether it's the university sports level or other levels and in business and in commerce, even in politics about where the cabinet members are from. So it's uh, all-encompassing. It certainly is uh, something, uh, one of the underlying stories that's kind of a dominant feature of Alberta. You mentioned the university aspect, and that actually takes me to a next question. It's something I've workshopped with different people. I'd love to pick your brain on this half-baked idea that I have. And we do know that there's a, a connection between the U sports level and the CFL level, and it, can only be better if the connection is stronger i would love for us to get to the point where before the labor day classic in stadium uh, between you know calgary and edmonton you had the university of alberta and the university of calgary playing as an undercard if you will in stadium before it, it, that type of arrangement to add to the spectacle of the day is, is that something that you foresee would be feasible or in, in would, would help the rivalry on both levels? Actually, I'd have to say that uh, I would worry if I was the U-Sport team about being overshadowed by the uh, CFL game. I'll tell you what the University of Calgary has done over the last few years is because on Labor Day Monday, the Stampeders and Eskimos play, but then the two teams go to Edmonton later in the week for a Saturday game, and the Dinos have their home opener on the Friday following Labor Day. They have kind of the city to themselves. School is just back in, and it's generally until the playoffs, their largest crowd. So the Stampeders uh, leaving town opens the door for the University of Calgary, and it works out very well. Maybe that arrangement you indicated could work somewhere down the line, but for now I think the university is very satisfied of having center stage to themselves on the Friday following Labor Day. Interesting. And you obviously know that rivalry game, that Labor Day Classic, very well. And so I'm not going to ask you which one the best one is, but if you look 
across uh, the league at some of the other ones. Is there one that you'd say comes close to comparing uh, the one that you see every year? Well, I guess you'd have to say Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. I guess that's the one I'm most familiar with. I don't want to diminish Hamilton and Toronto in any way, but I guess I'm just not as familiar with them. I would say Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, two of the most passionate fan bases in the league going at it. They play on the the Sunday, so uh, it's generally a marquee game for both of those teams as well. So that would be the one that comes closest as far as I'm concerned. But again, I don't have the familiarity with the Toronto-Hamilton series. It looks pretty intense. We watch as much as we can before the Stampeder Eskimo game comes on, but it certainly looks very intense. But the one I'm most familiar with is Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. It's uh, certainly got a lot of the passion in it as well. And lastly, if you could describe the Labor Day Classic and everything that comes with it in one word, what would it be? Oh, passion. Just uh, the excitement that gets around it, the passionate fan bases that get together. It's two of them that get together and uh, really get involved in the game. I mean, people come down from Edmonton, people up there build their uh, Labor Day weekend around it with a trip to Calgary. Uh, sometimes they come down day of and turn around and go back. But, yeah, it's uh, I would just say passion, just the excitement that surrounds the game is just everywhere. It's uh, throughout the city. People are excited about it. You can just tell that people are talking about it. So it's just a, a passionate game because, as they say, it's a marquee game. I can't promise you the Stampeders or the Eskimos will be in the Grey Cup any one year, but you do have the Labor Day week, the back-to-back, and that certainly is a, an impressive highlight every single year well next year i'm looking forward to hearing your passion on the call labor day and for all uh games throughout the season once again it, we see that passion come through even when they're not hearing your voice when we're reading your work on twitter at mark on football on twitter at talk underscore stamps on instagram thank you mark so much for this well, thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing the game to the forefront. It's obviously, you know, a tough weekend for CFL fans, so at least we can talk about it if we can't see it. Five, four, three. Last play of the game coming up. Ray to throw up a Hail Mary. He'll check off to Bradwell, who is tackled by Eric Harris. And game number one at Tim Hortons Field goes in favor of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 13 to 12 over the arch rival Toronto Argonauts. And now on the waggle, we are joined by Rick Zamprin, whose name you know and whose voice you've heard, especially if you are a CFL fan in Southern Ontario, doing a great job for Global News Radio, AM 900 CHML. And Rick, normally we hear that beautiful voice this time of year talking football, specifically talking about the Tiger Cats and all that goes into the Mark's Labor Day weekend. What is it like for you not to be talking about football on the field the same way you normally do as Canadians figure out, wow, that's right, it's Labor Day and normally I'm getting ready to watch football. Well, first off, you know, despite not having a season here in 2020, it is awesome to be talking cfl football with you dj uh and and it, it it has been tough you know from a fan perspective especially because for many fans especially here in hamilton the tie cats is an entity to which you know they they adore they throw money at uh, they buy merchandise 
for many people, it's their life. It's, it's a fabric of the community and it's really part of their everyday being. Being a fan uh, sometimes takes a lot of work and you put a lot of time and energy in that. So to not have a season has been tough. There have been so many fans emailing, tweeting, calling me saying, A, we missed the game. B, we missed the fifth quarter on CHML and I missed hosting it this year. And C, you know, when is it going to be come back? And, you know, that question mark still hangs in the balance. Hopefully it is in the spring slash summer of 2021. And that can't come soon enough because we know the CFL offseason is the longest in pro sports anyways. And it's just made longer by this pandemic. But it's great to be talking football first and foremost. Yeah, and I love the fifth quarter. And it's it's now a staple, um, you know, in the community. And I love listening to it. And I especially love listening to it after a loss and no that's not because i i kind of was raised an argo <laughs> fan and there haven't really been that many losses uh in in recent years to talk about but because it's like therapy like you are talking uh the the tiger cat fans down um and and giving them some perspective but but i think that's just a sense in how much they care you're a hundred percent right i am the therapist there's there's at you know some points i will you know, make judgments or make proclamations. But more often than not, yeah, I'm talking fans off the ledge because they live and die with this team. So if it's a 60 to one loss against the Stampeders or it's a 24-23 loss against, you know, the Red Blacks, the feeling is still the same. There is still, you know, what is going to happen? What changes should we make? How is this team going to get better? Are we going to make the playoffs? Is a Grey Cup still a reality? There's so many what ifs after a loss. And after wins, sometimes you got to rein in those fans as well because it's, hey, we're going all the way. No one can stop us. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to win the, the, the division and the Grey Cup. And, and uh, you, you do have to be that therapist because uh, in the depths of a loss and in the, uh, you know, the exhilaration of a win, uh, fans uh, have to be reined in from time to time. But it is good to celebrate the wins and, you know, stress out a little bit about the losses. You know, as we we talk about kind of the game and the passion for it, especially around the Labor Day Classic. I love that the, the passion is there, whether you're a fan and you've been season ticket holder for the better part of your adult life, or you're a player and you're, you're new to the game. One of my fascinations with the game specifically is where it sits on the football calendar as a whole. So around Labor Day, you know, you're getting into NFL cuts. There's, there's fluidity on CFL rosters where, guys are with the teams playing on the Labor Day Classic for maybe just a couple weeks or even days. And no matter how long you've been part, a part of that organization, when you're in that game, you, you seem to hate uh, your, your opponent. Is the, the amount of animosity and rivalry and bad blood in that game specifically, is it, is it tangible for you? I, th I think it is for everyone, whether you're you know, on the sidelines uh, you know, broadcasting the game or, or in the press box or you're just a fan sitting or you're even at home watching TV, you, you can feel that kind of us versus them. If you're a Ticats fan or if you're an Argos fan, you feel that tension. It's, you know, blue collar Hamilton, that grittiness, that toughness against, you know, the perceived white collar Toronto, that, that posh and polish. Uh, that hatred really spills onto the field because I think the players you know, buy into that narrative. And I think it, it just serves as that extra motivation, not that they need it, but it serves as that extra motivation going into the game, knowing that 
They've just played seven or eight games. They still have half the year still to go. This is a pivotal point in the year. They know that the weather is going to be getting colder soon. They know that this is a division game. This is an epic rivalry that spans decades. It's an important one to the fans, and the players feel that. And they, they've played some epic battles over the years. You mentioned the epic battles over the years. The site has changed in recent years. It's obviously gone from Iverwin to Tim Hortons Field. Has the game and how it's felt changed as the as the venue and the sites changed? I will say, short answer is yes. Labor Day Classic has, in my mind, two different eras in Steel Town: the Iverwin Stadium era, the Tim Hortons Field era. I always call Iverwin the Fenway Park of the CFL because it was the most intimate venue in the league. You know, fans were right on top of the action. And on Labor Day, those fans were merciless uh, against the Argos. They were deafening when the Cats found the end zone. They were equally as loud when, you know, a referee made a call against them or players were ejected. Uh, and for as many fights as there were on the field, and, and there were some from time to time, there were twice or maybe triple the amount in the stands between those wearing black and gold and those wearing double blue. And that's, that's the Iverwin era. The Tim Hortons Field era is a little more civilized. We don't see as many fights. We still have the odd fisticuff here and there in the stands, but we still have the fans, you know, giving the gears to the Argos or reacting to a perceived bad call by an official on the field. That tension is still there. It's maybe not as volatile. It's not as zoo-like as it was as it was at Iverwind Stadium, it was an absolute circus at Iverwind Stadium on Labor Day. It's a little tamed down at Tim Hortons Field, but it is still raucous. Let me tell you. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit harder to get in a fight where you're standing on basically Canada's largest patio and you're having like a Pinot Grigio, <laughs> you know, brought to your riser table. I mean, those aren't really the same type of fight settings. Um, it, the other thing that's interesting in this game is because this since the cities are so close together and there's so many players who basically live in between uh the two cities uh we've had players go back and forth between teams and so they've played on both sides of the rivalry how does that dynamic change things yeah you, you hit the nail on the head this is you know this boils down to toronto and hamilton really being so close to each other no two cfl teams are as close to each other as Hamilton and Toronto geographically. And even as you mentioned, players going back and forth, Mike Morreale, uh, Mike O'Shea, Joe Monford, you know, three icons really of Hamilton Tiger Cats lore uh, playing on a Labor Day Classic in those two uniforms. And I, I can tell you for a fact, because speaking with all three of those gentlemen, it kind of felt weird the first time they did so in a different uniform. But that's again, another wrinkle to this rivalry is the two teams, the two cities are so close. Teams have gone, or players have gone back and forth. They've had some monumental battles uh, on Labor Day. And really, you know, it's all happened on the field over the years. And these two teams have, invo have been involved in so many great games that that rivalry has kind of spun into a monster. Where it is on the calendar, why it means so much for both fan bases. And it means so much because of the two points that are up for grabs. And that's why we've had so many amazing games. You go into the locker rooms after the game and often, you know, still emotional, still pretty charged. Do you remember any great stories or great pieces of sound of things that came out post-game about things that happened 
you know, between the whistles that maybe we weren't privy to in listening to it on the radio or seeing it on TV? I think the one that sticks out for me is, and, and this comes from the fans, but was really echoed by the players, is that many fans over the years have said, uh, you know, we care more about beating Toronto on Labor Day than winning the Grey Cup. And that is absolutely hard to believe because, you know, teams play to win it all. They don't play to win one regular season game, but that's how high of a pedestal, you know, the Labor Day Classic sits on many uh, uh, fans in Hamilton. And I think the players kind of fed off that because, yeah, they want to win the Grey Cup. That's the ultimate prize. No one, uh, you know, signs with the team or joins a team to win a game on Labor Day. But during the season, when Labor Day is approaching, you know, all the talk before the game is, hey, we got to win this for the fans. We got to win this because it means so much to them. And I think a lot of the post-game interviews, especially after a loss, if the Ticats lost on Labor Day, and those have really been few and far between over the years, but on those days, it was really crushing the players. And I remember, you know, Danny McManus, you know, heaving the blame on his shoulder, which he would more often do uh, time and time after a loss, uh, whether it was warranted or not, just to take pressure off, you know, his teammates. But Paul is Baldiston and Rob Hitchcock, all these guys taking those losses so hard um, that, you know, they felt that they had lost a championship game. It was just an unbelievable feeling in the locker room after a Labor Day loss. I'm obviously not going to ask you of all of the Labor Day rivalry games that we have, you know, which one is the most heated, the most intense. But if you could look at the others in the CFL, which one to you compares the most to the one in your market between Hamilton and Toronto? Well, it's a good question. And this is this has been a great debate over the years. And, you know, the, the two others that stick out are, you know, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg and Edmonton, Calgary. And uh, man, if there's a, an A, B, C, you can you can throw any of them in the A and B and C category. But I think they're all A's as a fan, from a fan perspective. They're all fantastic rivalries. Uh, I would put just you know being a little biased, Hamilton, Toronto up at the top. You know, it's been going on since 1950 after the the Tigers and Wildcats merged, um, and they've had some you know monumental battles over the years. Uh, Calgary, Edmonton has been phenomenal. Saskatchewan, Winnipeg might be a close second to Hamilton, Toronto, just because of the, I think the innate hatred that those two cities, those two provinces have for each other when it comes to football. Uh, but man, the Edmonton football team now and the Stampeders are really close. So I'd probably go one, two, three, Hamilton, Toronto, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary. The the difference in obviously the Toronto-Hamilton rivalry than you know, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, or obviously Edmonton, Alberta, is you know Hamilton uh, Tiger Cat fans uh, hate the Argos, but they cheer for Toronto teams in other sports. Where in Edmonton and in, in, in Calgary, th they're hated rivals in in everything, in 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 all types of competition, in politics even. Uh, but but that kind of that uniqueness of the football rivalry uh, brings me to a, like a half baked idea that have floated, and I would love your perspective on it. Labor Day is also the almost unofficial start of the U Sports football calendar. And there, obviously, there's a bond between the two levels in Canada, U Sports and the CFL. I, I've thought it would be cool to see an undercard at the U Sports level. Having McMaster play, I suppose, University of Toronto or York, whoever is better at the time, maybe, um, b before the Tiger Cats play Yargos in stadium. Um, to build on that rivalry, 
is, is that something that you foresee being feasible or even additive to the spectacle that is the Labor Day Classic? I, I think it's not only doable, but it, it has been done as well, even in Hamilton. We had, I think it was maybe three or four years ago, uh, in the infancy of Tim Hortons Field, a, a undercard, if you will, when McMaster, and I don't remember who they played, I think it was against Guelph, uh, they played hours before the Ticats and Argos kicked off later off that day. And I think even before the Mac game, there was a Hamilton Hurricanes game uh, played before that. So it was a triple header on Labor Day. It hasn't materialized into an annual thing. I, I would hope that it would be because if you're a football fan, Labor Day is a holiday. Uh, you're at home, you're getting ready for the big game. Why not get ready for two or three big games? Spend all day at Tim Hortons Field. They can make a huge day out of it. I know there's you know contingencies to work out in terms of parking and concessions and all that, but it would be just a wonderful atmosphere if every Labor Day you'd had a doubleheader or even a tripleheader. And lastly, if there is one word that you'd use to describe that football holiday that we have, Labor Day and the Labor Day Classics, what would it be? What would be that word for you? I think it's already in there, and I think it's classic, because each and every year, uh, you're guaranteed something different, something special, whether it's you know Earl Winfield scoring a touchdown three different ways as he did in 1988, a 30-30 to tie in 2004 in which Troy Davis rushed you know, for a franchise record, 233 yards in a Ticats uniform. 2014 first Labor Day at Tim Hortons Field, a 13-12 win for the Ticats. Bob Young's, uh, you know, first Labor Day Classic was in 2004 as well. So many memorable moments. They're all can be consumed in that word classic. When you attend a Labor Day game, when you watch it, when you listen to it on the radio, when you read about it before and after the game, that word classic is there for a reason because it is a classic. I love that you said before and after the game because the tailgating is classic. Uh, and <laughs> yes. certainly the, the, the call-in show, win or loss afterwards, um, is classic. I, I'm looking forward to 2021 where we have um, more classic football uh, to talk about and, and you uh, shepherding us to, to talk about the game that we all love, specifically in Southern Ontario. Thank you so much for this, Rick. Can't wait for 2021. Uh Go Ticats, Oski Wee Wee. Uh, hopefully 2021 brings bigger and better things to all the teams across the Canadian Football League and the league as a whole. Thanks a lot for having me on The Waggle. For 107 years, every Grey Cup moment has included you, the fan. This is your league. Through fog and rain, in tragedy and triumph, you are the foundation of this league. Now take your place in history. For a limited time, you can etch your name on the Grey Cup fan base. Become a part of the Grey Cup's legacy. Visit greycupfanbase.ca to add your name and raise the cup. And I saw online not just Rick, Bob, and Mark enjoying the Labor Day weekend, but I saw a lot of you enjoying it but really missing the football aspect of it, and I'm right there with you. I, I did as well. So as we get to this time of year, we're all gathering together and celebrating whether it is the Labor Day weekend that passed or the Queen's Plate coming up. Oh, we have sports bringing us together and having us congregate with friends and family and food. Make sure to always be safe, be diligent, take care of yourself and others, and Make sure to social distance and follow all of the health procedures 
locally to you so that we as a country are doing our best to fight COVID-19 so that we can get back to some normalcy, including some football next year and including a Labor Day classic the way we all have come to love it and enjoy it. I've come to love and enjoy your interaction with me via social media, whether you're sliding into my DMs, telling me something about an episode or you're liking and favoriting the content on Instagram or on Twitter. Please continue to like, favorite, share, and subscribe. That is the currency with which we do this. We do this for you. It's yours. So share it with your friends. Until next time, thanks for listening. The WAG, presented by Sport Clips, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.